0: Good People Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People Cool Things. And this episode is a special one because we've got Eugenia Zuckerman here, a world renowned flutist, former correspondent on CBS Sunday Morning, and author of several books, most recently, like Falling Through a Cloud, which. It's a book of poetry that details her experiences with Alzheimer's, and Eugenia's has given us lots of good insights throughout this episode. She's a ball of positivity, despite having what she calls a death sentence with her Alzheimer's diagnosis, but she's reading some of the poems from her book, and they're all just so glorious, so joyful. She's such a good reader. I want her to read all my stories to me. It's wonderful times. We're also chatting some music, chatting about some of her gigs that she's played over the years, how she incorporates flute into her daily habit, and how you should get outside and get some nature into your life it will make you feel so much better. No matter what's ailing you, it will improve your life. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can reach out via goodpeoplecoolthings.com or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. You can also support the Good People Cool Things store, just head on over to the website, hit store, and there's lots of good stuff for you. You can get nice and cozy and looking stylish while you're listening to this conversation with Eugenia. For people who don't know who you are, can you give us your elevator pitch, but also tell us the type of elevator that we're on?
1: I'm a flutist. I'm a writer. I am a poet. I am a mother. I am. A Now, at a point in my life in which I feel I have done many things, but the thing that I've been doing in the last years is the most important. And that is helping people with something that I myself am struggling with. I have Alzheimer's disease. And um, I have written a book about my experience, um, and it has done extremely well. And I have to say that um, people tell me that it helps them because the minute someone has gone to the doctor and they they say you seem to be cognitively impaired, they panic. And I think that my book uh, is so helpful because I'm not a panicker. And I think I help them to kind of calm down about things. And... um, What happened was that my daughters kept saying, you've got to get tested, something's wrong. And I kept saying, I'm just fine. But when I was tested and uh, I was told that it seemed that I had the beginning of Alzheimer's disease, I got back on the subway, went home, went up to my uh, apartment, sat at my desk and stared at the wall for some period of time. I don't know why. But then, for some reason, I pulled out a pencil and a paper and started writing. And this book just poured out of me. And the most important thing for me uh, was, uh, first of all, helping myself to understand I could manage this, I could move forward, I can handle the difficulties of it. But um, the book is a real upper. And uh, I am so pleased and, and proud to be able to say that I've had so many people respond so well, saying, thank goodness you're telling me this, because it's just uh, important.
0: You, you summed it up so nicely of that it's an upper, and it's it, it does kind of provide a sense of calm, both in the words and even just the formatting of, of some of the writing in there, which is, is super cool to see. So... For people that maybe haven't gotten to check the book out, Like Falling Through a Cloud is is the title of it. What can they expect within the pages?
1: I I think the best way to say it is to uh, read the first poem in the book. And it's called Like Falling Through a Cloud. Sometimes when I wake up, it's dark. Where am I? Sometimes I know and sometimes I have no idea. So I let the night spirits wrap around me and they whisper to me, don't think, you will remember. I lie very still and then suddenly, like falling through a cloud, I know I am here. Uh, Forgetting, I told you, you asked me that already. Don't you remember? What is wrong with you? How many times do I have to tell you? Why don't you listen? Are you okay? Don't you recall? Are you losing it? I think you're losing it. You need a doctor or something. You need some help. Marbles. Maybe mine are lost, or maybe they're rolling around in my head looking for a place to land, or maybe not. My daughters tell me to get tested. Tested for what, I ask, even though I know for what, but it's for what I don't want to know. So I let the marbles roll around in a swirl of distracting colors because I don't want to listen to them, the daughters, because if I hear them, I will be very afraid. And this mother cannot be that mother, not ever, never. Wow.
0: (laughs) And you, you mentioned how this just kind of poured out of you. And I think that's a, a difficult thing, I think, for a lot of writers is to just sit down and just write. I think a lot of times people are trying to go back and kind of self-edit along the way, or, you know, they're trying to hit a certain word count and kind of limiting themselves that way. So for any other aspiring writers, what are your tips for just letting the writing flow out of you?
1: Well, first of all, I had written more and, and published uh, six books books and they that had been well received etc um and writing is something i have done my whole life so um it just felt very comfortable for me um i also was from the very beginning absolutely determined not to uh, make myself feel bad i was determined to uh, be keep going to be, uh, and I the, the writing just was a, a form of, of, of telling myself, do not be afraid. And that's what I would tell everyone who is told that they have Alzheimer's, don't be afraid. It is, you are going to die, but you know what? You could step off the curb and I like that. But in many ways, because you're going to know along the way how your deterioration is going, Um, You you get uh, someone kind of helping you uh, along the way, because you you know the areas in which you are discovering these things. And my key is I live every day, every day. I wake up in the morning, I roll out of bed, I exercise, I play the flute. I am a flutist, and I have been so lucky to have a wonderful career as a foodist. And um, I have traveled around the world and I am the uh, um, artistic. artistic director of Clarion Concerts in Columbia County. And um, so my life had already been very rich and um, I was able to remind myself that I can do something, I can keep going on. And um, my flute has always been what I call my other. I wake up in the morning, I uh, have a cup of coffee, and I practice. First thing in the morning, I practice. And this is many, many years I have been doing this, and I have been performing. And um, it has helped me so much to uh, continue having my best friend with me all the time. And I have to say that um, I, um, I walk probably four miles a day. Uh, I think it's so important. Usually when people are given, uh, are told that you're, you're very sick, you know, uh, they m- immediately figure, I have to go to bed. Well, I was told I was very sick. What did I do? I took long walks. Um, and I made sure that I could be as in, in good shape as I could be. And I think that that um, is something I would say to anyone who has had a diagnosis of this disease, take care of yourself and make things happen so that um, you can just keep going. And um, I think it's so important that. Um, there's there's a there's a poem uh, that I would love to read, uh, and it's called "Fluting on the Farm." Just for the fun of it, for the feel of it, at six in the morning, as the sun comes up and my husband leaves for work, I'm not in my apartment in New York, so I will not wake a soul. And the two dogs, and the feral cat, and the two horses are ready, already up to their outdoor tricks. I open the window and play for them and for the trees for the flowers and the blue blue sky for the squirrels and the bugs and the blue jays i play for the clouds i make up tales and stories with tones and tunes and there are no words just a saraband for the cat a scherzo for the dogs and for the equines a jolly jig for jumping
0: Uh, i I do not play flute I play guitar um but it that's such a an interesting sort of view of for the animals too because it is so interesting to see how they react to to sounds like that I would i mean having heard your flute playing I can say it's certainly more melodic than my guitar playing so uh, I'm sure it's a much more pleasing sound to your your animal audience there
1: <laughs> well it's it's great fun playing for them uh, i've had a a bunch of dogs along the way and they really do like it except one who didn't like it one (laughs) couldn't stand it. he'd go like this when i play the flute (laughs) Um, you know i think i think there's a relationship between playing an instrument and memory they are very interconnected and i think that people it's it's uh, in america in, in the time that i was a child um we we luckily were able to have uh lessons and i think that it has been so impo- important to me certainly but also it, it is a way to keep the mind going um and you know part of alzheimer's uh is the problem of memory etc but having music is is so important and like it's it's really like speaking a second language uh and so i my best friend is my flute and i speak two languages
0: <laughs> very bilingual very impressive and i think that's a a good kind of point to segue into another thing that i think you do very well is tapping into your creative self both with your flute playing and with your writing. So for people that maybe aren't musically inclined or you know, that, think like, oh, I don't have any kind of creative projects to go into, how can they tap into that creative self and, and give themselves a boost?
1: Well, I think it's, um, I think it's exercise is one of the most important things. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it, it keeps you going. If you're told that you have Alzheimer's, I I have met people who have said, "I just got into bed and i was so depressed." Well, you if you get out of bed and, and do your exercises and go outside and take a walk, that's so in, important, absolutely. And I think you know you, I enjoy nature enormously, and that helps me. But I'm also, uh, I, I was somehow very aware that it was so important to, to stay, sh- stay social and to, to stay busy. Um, I, I think people who have this diagnosis um, have difficulty with it. And the most important thing is to remind yourself, it's not the end of the world. You know, you don't, you, uh, and, and another thing about Alzheimer's, it's not painful. Physically painful. It's just something is uh, disappearing from your body, and uh, making it difficult for you to be able to do and do what you want to do and and how to do it. And you know, fa- there are three phases in Alzheimer's disease, and the first one is the longest. And so, I realized what I needed to do was to really enjoy everything. Um, and not worry about, you know, I'm what's going to happen next. But I think if you begin with a very positive point of view, and keep that up, it's so important. And um, I, I didn't cry when I was told that this happened. Um, and I, I, I haven't cried a great deal, not for myself, I've cried for other people. But I think it's It's so important to understand um, the three parts of Alzheimer's and to understand that the first part of it is um, really three parts. And um, by really paying attention to it, it will keep you going, it will it will it will um, make you make you feel good. And um, let me read this. getting it together. I've made a date with my banker because I hanker to know where things stand when it comes to what I'll hand to my next of kin. So I should begin to keep track of stuff, to see if there's enough to pass around when I'm under the ground. I'm not being dramatic, but I can no longer be static about what lies ahead when I'm dead, which oddly I do not dread. Instead, I want to avoid leaving a mess for the family to assess. I'd like them to say she left it this way to keep trouble at bay and to avoid a fray. I don't expect to croak at midnight's stroke, but I don't want to be one hundred and three, which my mother achieved. I will stick with the plan I've made with my man. When the time seems right, we will have the delight of donning deer suits on the first day of hunting, and we'll go out in the fields and wait. To meet our fates. Only I hope the hunters know how to shoot straight.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so... Do you have a deer suit ready to go already?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And we live in the country and right across the the way is Big Farm and the deer are everywhere. Oh, so you're (laughs) set. Yeah.
0: No, I... I want to go back to something you said about staying social. Uh, And I think this past year and a half of COVID has certainly challenged that for a lot of people. And, and, you know, even if they're, they haven't been diagnosed with anything, I think I've, in talking to people, they've been like, yeah, I just wanted to, to sit around all day and like, just stay in bed and not do anything just because of what's going on in the world. So in a, in a time and in, in, in certain areas now, it looks like things might be reclosing and, and kind of, um, you know, going back up like that. So how can you still stay social, even if maybe you can't go, you know, go to lunch with someone or, or go take a walk in nature with someone? How can you keep staying social with them?
1: I think it's important to, uh, you know, if you if you can't get out, talk to them on the phone. Uh, that's Im- that's important. I think um, for myself, I stay social by walking a dog uh, or playing with the horses or taking walks, particularly with friends. Uh, living in this beautiful area, it is uh, very lucky that I can uh, take long walks and that helps me enormously. And I, I will wear a mask if I need to, but I would just you know, I you just have to get out there. That's what's really important, and uh, you know it, it. It's frightening, but as anything that is is um, you know, I have a death sentence. But guess what? We all have death sentences, you know. And as I said, you just you just walk off the curb, and bang, it goes. Uh, so I I feel I have to stay positive. I just have to, and uh you know to other people who are in the first parts of Alzheimer's disease, as am i um it means even more to me to keep going to make sure that I do what I do every day and and um well, here's a poem uh from my book uh, which which deals with this taking stock, or so you know. I am a woman, 72 years old. I have two wonderful daughters, a husband I adore, lovely grandchildren. I'm lucky to still have a vibrant career in the arts as a flutist, writer, artistic director of major music series, television journalist, educator, and internet entrepreneur. And despite a little glitch with my memory, this is the happiest time of my life. I won't joke about my old timers disease, nor will I call it early you know what. I am determined to remain centered and in control and devoted to finding a way, my own way, to be able to say and to mean what I want to convey, and as long as I'm allowed to stay, I pledge to fight with all my might to keep the darkness at bay.
0: That's So that's so good. And and I think just to emphasize to what you talked about getting outside and how helpful that is. And I know sometimes I have to tell myself this if I'm moping around inside, if I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here. And I was like, wait, why don't I sit outside and at least be getting some, some nutrients and like benefits of being outdoors. And then I always feel better when I come back in.
1: I think uh, that's true. I think that's true for everyone. And, um, you know, it's painful for some people who just haven't, are not in the best shape, but you can walk slowly, um, and you can you can help yourself doing that. And um, I think that, you know, having a death sentence, you can look at it in several ways. One is, oh, this is the most horrible thing that has ever happened. Um, I might as well kill myself now. Then then, then there's something in the middle, which is, uh oh, this is horrible. This is this has happened to me, and uh, then the then the third part, which I think is so important, is to say, wait a minute, you know, I'm not ready yet. I think it's so. I I think you have to look at what the situation is, and to give in to it is to make it worse. You have to say to yourself, um, I am going. Yeah, no, I never said to myself, I'm going to beat this, because I know I couldn't. You know, the point is, a death sentence is a death sentence. And it just depends on how you handle it. And and um, I am, I, I guess I am proud to say that I haven't walked around crying. Um, I can remember maybe a couple of days when I was said but it wasn't about my death it was about someone else's disease and you know there is there is no cure yet for alzheimer's but there will be one they there absolutely will be one and um i i um i hope they will be able to con- continue every everything that they want to do as as what i'm doing you know you have this thing deal with it and don't expect other people to make it easy for you or to 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 show you how to do it you have to i think it for myself i felt i have to figure this out you know am i going to cry all night or am i going to you know say to myself you know i'm so lucky i'm lucky you're lucky to be alive and that is such an important thing and i think you know um Determination. There is a poem that I wrote about that, and uh, I'll read it because it's linked into what we just talked about. Determination. After my session, my takeaway is this lesson. I've got to get me some grit. I hereby resolve to evolve to a stronger state of mind and purpose. Enough whining and worrying and wondering about losing my mind and ending up wandering around town blabbering to myself barefoot in a ball gown with my hand out for someone's kind quarter. The next step is to step up and find ways to bolster my mind and give me the guts to stop thinking the red light is blinking. I may be in decline, but I'm not dying on the vine. Not yet, I say not until they take me away
0: that's right that's <laughs> and and just such a good reminder of it it does start with the mindset and approaching it like you've been doing of i'm lucky like you've already accomplished so much you still have so much that you're doing that that's keeping you busy creatively energized and and all of that good stuff and I do have a couple of music questions because I always I always enjoy asking this. You're here with your husband, and I'm curious when you're practicing your flute in the morning, does that serve as almost an alarm clock to to get him up too? Or is is he already up and awake? And he can answer if he wants.
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you it's worse than that. We have two dogs <laughs> who wake us up at five oh, in perfect. the morning. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So so, I lie in bed a little bit, but actually, you know, as I said before, first thing I do is uh I get my coffee and and I practice you know sometimes I have to go to meetings and all of this stuff, but um, I think anyone who is a professional musician knows you can't fool around about putting you know putting uh things behind you, you have to keep practicing every day and uh for me, I actually enjoy practicing. And, uh, you know, after doing this for so long, I've traveled uh, around the world. I've, I've done so many concerts. I've loved all of this. And I'm continuing uh, to have a big life in, in music. I'm the artistic director of Tharian Concerts in Columbia County. And uh, that makes me very happy that I can keep this going. Um, and, and um, you know, music is such a, a, a gift for all of us, and, you know, particularly when something sad comes up, um, you have to deal with it. And for me, I don't usually use the word sad. Um, I have been, I said it to you, but I don't, um, I think it's important not to let it eat away.
0: And I think that ties in nicely to another question. I always like asking you've, like you said, you've played all over the world. You've had so many shows, but I always like to hear what's a bad show that you had.
1: (laughs) Uh, let me try to think of one. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I have managed pretty much to uh, cover it up if, if anything happened. Um, I've never had an experience where I had to stop, you know? But I also, um, I also, you know, uh, forgetting, there's, there's a piece that I have played my whole life called Syrinx, which is the story of Pan and Syrinx. And um, I have loved it all my life. And I wake up in the morning and that's the, the thing that I warm up with, syrinx by claude debussy and it's a wonderful story of uh the uh the, the satyr who was chasing this beautiful uh nymph named syrinx and as, he, as she ran to the water he reached out and grabbed her but she got away from him and uh and he was she was the beginning of um uh, the idea of metamorphosis, so metamorphosis she was a nymph, and she needed to can read oh, oh that's right um she became a reed in the water and and this satyr grabbed this bunch of reeds and she turned into this nymph, so it's a It's one of those wonderful stories, musical stories.
0: Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love the stories that music can tell. It's so, so nice. And I I think I might even know the answer for this, but I also wanted to cover that you've been doing book readings for the Alzheimer's uh, Association chapters, and I can see the joy from you reading just to me, uh, and I'm just just one person over a Zoom call. But can you just talk a little bit about some of the enjoyment that you get from from doing those readings?
1: Well, I love doing them because generally, um, you know, people who have Alzheimer's uh, are, are frightened at first. Um, I, I was not, but a lot of people are very frightened, and I. I I'm doing these book readings, really, for the alzheimer's um clubs and um that that satisfies me wonderfully because I feel as if um there's a to and fro i i talk to someone they talk to me it's uh it's an ongoing thing it makes me feel that you know having this situation this this unfortunate um disease is the best way to manage it is to keep going be as positive as, as you can and you know the the um the the key ingredient here is that we are all, all sharing it's, it's a it's a journey that we're having together and i think uh talking to people at book signings and at book readings um it's it's just very helpful. I know one one story comes to mind, and it was a gentleman who was at my book reading, uh, uh, and he came to, up to me afterwards, and he he bought five copies of the book, and um, after reading it, he he told me that um, couldn't find the words to tell his family about what he had been feeling, but he, after talking to me, had that, it said that uh, the diagnosis was that I had given it the words to him that made him understand what was needed. And that was was a great honor for me to hear because um, it is, uh, it's, it's tough for most people. And, um, you know, the Alzheimer's, uh, book club is wonderful and um um it it uh i'm not sure where you can go to get the the uh, contact your local yeah co-, co yeah contact your local uh, bookstore okay. etc um at at alzheimer's book club that that's the best way i think and um it's it's uh the, the affirmation that you need when you have Alzheimer's is the affirmation that I am not alone. And ha- having been given the, the honor of talking to people and explaining to them how I am managing to keep, keep on keeping on, I think it uh, is, is helpful to them and it makes me feel very proud that I can be hel- of help.
0: Yeah, I think your your positivity is very infectious. Uh, And this even coming through a screen, I can I can feel it. And uh, that's so it's so great that you're getting to touch all these people like that. And you're almost off the hook here. But we're gonna make a few more recommendations. We always Mm. like to end with a top three. And for you, since you've got such an experience with music, what are three songs that make you happy?
1: That's difficult because um, <laughs> um songs i don't know about songs because i guess i i you know i i think uh i first of all I love classical music that's what uh, makes me the the happiest and i also um trying to think here what i you know um My husband is saying to me, How about Beethoven? (laughs) Uh, And uh, sorry, I was just sort of trying to figure out what to say about that. Um, You know, the more you listen to music uh, of any kind, you begin to understand what you are experiencing and how it works for you. And for me, Classical music uh, is, is just the right thing for me. I've listened to it all my life. And I chose an instrument that I could play that allowed me the joy of being able to perform and to continue playing uh, with my instrument. And um, it's, it's um, you know, I, I just go back to what I, what I really feel at this point. And I've had Alzheimer's for five years now. And I I don't, it's not that I feel comfortable with it at all. You can't be comfortable with it, but I don't agonize over it. And part of the reason I don't is because I have music and music I think is so important i I love classical music, but I also love tons of other kinds of music. And um, I think anyone who's going through uh, the Alzheimer's uh, problem, uh, music just just keep listening to it and to uh, well, I think I have a a, a, a final poem. Let's do, Let's do it. Let's do. A super sunny Sunday, almost August, and the tomatoes are bulging on their vines. The flowers continue to burst toward the sky in colours that astound. While on the ground our once hardy kale has been ripped out by rabbits who attack at dawn and are gone in a flash, leaving the crop tattered and torn. Nothing lasts for ever not kale or tomatoes or cucumbers or the glorious flowers that fill our fields or the people we adore. And though I know my days are numbered, I feel unencumbered by thoughts of my demise. I do not embrace my inevitable decline, but I'm determined to find a way to make the rest of my stay on this problematic planet filled with light and love and music. As for the deer suit I mentioned, I promised to don. I don't think I'll put it on. Not now, not yet. I'm not ready. I feel steady. And I have a strategy to keep on keeping on, which is simple. Wake up, fetch the flute, summon up syrinx, give thanks for another day, and then play on, play on, play on.
0: Oh, that's such a, that's such a good one to end on to <laughs> Play on, and I'm going to need to to get some gardening tips from you because you mentioned the tomatoes bursting from the vines, and I looked at mine. You
1: have no oh. idea; they are they are all over.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds glorious. <laughs> mine are uh, struggling in the backyard.
1: <laughs> well, that's the difference because we're out in the country, and we can uh, we have um, planted. 100 tomato
0: plants
1: and we are telling people please come and take
0: (laughs) so you'll be opening up some sort of sauce company i assume in the next year
1: (laughs) exactly and also when we go to dinner now we bring the 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 cook tons of tomatoes and and it works well because they we don't ask for anything but they always say you know thank you so much we'll give you a glass of water (laughs) (gasps) bribe <gasps> with a, tomatoes i love it <laughs> yeah terrific <laughs>
0: well eugenia this was wonderful i had a great time chatting with you if people want to i mean and after hearing you read i don't know why they wouldn't want to check out the entire book so if they want to buy a copy or learn more about you where can they go
1: they can go to amazon.com or you can do um barnes and noble it's uh it's it's uh really out there we we've sold many 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 copies and i'm very very proud to know that it's helping people because when you have a death sentence the best thing you can do is something positive and um, i feel proud
0: and i'm happy to know you eugenia thank you so much for for joining the podcast
1: thank you thank me you for having me
0: We'll end, as we always do, with a corny joke, and I kept it musically themed for you. Uh, Middle C, E flat, and G walk into a bar. The bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve minors.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's great. (laughs) Wonderful.
0: Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. As always, you can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.